Welcome back, everybody. It is Encounter with God time here on The Breakfast Show, which means that we are about to get into our Bible study. And Bible study time means that, well, we have some text messages to go through because we love to hear from our listeners. We also have our 400-point uh, quiz that is about to happen, so a tougher one coming up. But we just do want to remind you that we have scheduled for tomorrow morning uh, during our interview time, uh, Attorney General Senator Michaela Cash coming on the show to talk about the religious discrimination bill. So that will be a interview that you will not want to miss. Okay, so we've got a few text messages here that have come through. Let's see what we've got. Um, the excrement in Washington, D.C., they're using uh, more power to them. What a great idea. They will never run out of poo. The convents in Europe have always used it for fertilizer, and the vegetables grew very well. Mm. There you go. That's, yep, an interesting story that we did cover during Positively Different News. Okay, Cambodia, moving to Cambodia. Uh, another great story. I'm sure God is blessing them. Unfortunately, that most, the most endangered species in the world is humanity. Ooh, true. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a positively different story. It was. It was an amazing story. Yeah. About humans doing great things for endangered animals. And but isn't our population incre- increasing? Ah, okay. Um, next text message. Well, um, yeah, well anyway. <laughs> there is this thing called um, the Book of Revelation. Yes. Okay. Cryptocurrency will be the currency of the future. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Lawson? Okay. Uh, okay. No, okay. 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 I, I, okay. This, is, this, is, this is my thing. Hate. This is this is my thing. The there reason you go, I, I triggered him now. The reason I dunk on cryptocurrency and I dislike it so much is not because of the idea behind it, but it's because of its application. Mm-hmm. Uh, in being used to basically, I don't know, just scam people and get people just like focused on material. Well, I don't know. I ah, and and the way that it's affecting our um, yeah, like the chips shortage, shortage around the world. There's a lot of different reasons, but essentially, um, yeah, the idea in you its just can't buy a computer chip that you want to buy. That's your only problem uh, right there, because everybody's using using it for crypto mining. Yeah, that's right. Just, that's right. Just I'm just personally offended. Sore. Yeah, that's right. I'm just He's sore because he can't buy his computer he wants. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> but anyways, no, I think trading on air is stupid. Yep. It's just. Whatever. (laughs) Uh, Religious discrimination bill. This culture of discrimination has been brought in by the government and media, and now we need to bring a bill for things that we took for granted. This is insanity. Mm. This is how democracies have been manipulated by the Jesuits, as they have done throughout history. This is what happens when we forget how God led his people in the past. The same mistakes are bound to be repeated. Surely there are many people who actually know what is happening. I think, that, uh, I think that's all we've got for text mm. messages this morning. Okay, so if you'd like to have your say here, and we would particularly love to hear from you in relationship to the Bible study, this is the most important part of our breakfast show where we dig into Scripture, and this month, we, this month we're looking at the book of Deuteronomy and next month as well. Mm. We've got Deuteronomy through to the end of the year, so we're over halfway through. Um, but if you would like to send your message through, then 0491064669 is the number to call. All right, we are going to Deuteronomy chapter 30. And we read this yesterday, but we didn't really have much time to actually dwell on this particular passage. Mm. So now we're going to look at this passage in more detail. Uh, We're going to work our way through it. 
And we're going to see what God's message for us is right here. So Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 1, please, Lawson. The Bible says, In the future, when you experience all these blessings and curses I have listed for you, and when you have, uh, when you are living among the nations to which the Lord has exiled you, um, take to heart all of these instructions. Okay, so this is an interesting passage here because in many ways it's God giving encouragement to rebellious people. Mm. Not to be rebellious, but to return from it rebellion. Yes. So it's basically it's basically a situation where God looks into the future and he sees that people will rebel against him, mm. that bad things will happen, and that they will be feeling awful. Mm-hmm. And he wants to give them some encouragement and say, hey, I understand bad things have happened. Mm. If you want good things to happen, then they will happen if you return to me. Because, you know, it's, 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 it's the temptation that Satan so often brings. And you, you find this all the time. And, you know, I experience, I think everybody experiences it from time to time, where you do a particular sin and it's a bad sin. Mm. And it's one that you've done before. And you've done it again. And you think, how could God ever forgive me for this? Mm. Because... You know, and and what happens is the devil comes and whispers in your ear, and the devil says, "Look, this is just who you are. You can't change who you are. Just be yourself. You can't change that." Um, there's this great story in the Bible that illustrates this so well, uh, in the story of Hosea and Gomer. Mm. And to summarize the story, what happens is that Hosea is sent as a prophet to the northern nation of Israel. So he's kind of like the, the the new pastor there, new young pastor. He turns up there, he's, you know, maybe he's uh, early 20s. And the first thing that God does is say, great, you've arrived at your new parish. This is how I want you to start. I want you to start by marrying the local prostitute. Yikes. Yes. Even in our culture, which is very accepting, this would this would be cause for conversation. Totally. People would talk about this. Mm. And that was exactly what God was trying to do right here. He was trying to bring, obviously, redemption to Goma, who was the prostitute that he married, uh, but not just bring redemption to Goma. He was trying to uh, communicate a message to the entire nation of Israel that they were like Goma, they were like the prostitute, but that they could receive redemption if she can be redeemed. And in that culture, it was impossible for a prostitute to be redeemed. Mm. Nobody ever married a prostitute. You know, a, a young woman, and culturally in that time, a young woman who uh, had been raped often was not able to find a husband because, you know, the culture was like, she's tainted. Mm. This, was, this was culture. It wasn't biblical. Uh, and culture is often wrong. Oh, totally. And so, you know, and, so, and, and God illustrates this so clearly when he goes to Hosea and says, I want you to go marry Goma, the prostitute. He's saying, look, the culture is wrong. You shouldn't treat, you know, you shouldn't treat somebody who is a sinner in a particular sin as being untouchable mm. because I can redeem them. Yes. This is God's whole message. My, wow. God's whole message is I can redeem anyone mm. if they'll come to me. And so... You know, you look at this whole story here, and for Goma, this is the break of a lifetime. She was actually raised in the brothel. Mm. Um, she was this, this was generational for her. She probably had no idea who her father was. Wow. She'd probably been abused from, you know, the youngest age that you can imagine. Um, her mother was a prostitute. 
and it was the only life that she knew. Abuse was the only thing that she knew, and now that now she's got a break and she's got love and she's got security and she's got somebody who cares for her and somebody who's a really, really decent guy. And he's the new pastor in town, and you can imagine that Goma's like, wow, this is she's got the break of a lifetime. Everybody else looking on like, she got the break of a lifetime. And God's communicating, I can give you the break of a lifetime. Yes. This is, this is amazing. And the Bible continues on the story. They uh, become a happy little family. They have a son. And then the story starts to unravel because Goma begins to have affairs. And you would think, what is going on here? How is this even possible when you've had such a break that you would blow it? You're listening to Faith FM. Positively different radio. So we look at Gomer and we really scratch our heads and think, what kind of a person is this? <laughs> yeah, well. You know, how crazy would you have to be to blow such a, a perfect experience that you were having? Mm. And, you know, she did, and, and the Bible talks about how that she actually had a couple of children out of wedlock, and the Hosea never gave up on her. Mm. He took her children that were born to affairs and raised them as his own children. Wow. You know, and once again, what Hosea was, this was a whole, was a, the whole thing was an acted out parable over generations of God's redemptive power. Mm. And so, you know, you continue on through the story and what you can see taking place is, you know, because eventually Hosea, I mean, Goma actually goes back, she leaves Hosea and goes back to prostitution. You know, that's like, what's going on? Mm. How does that happen? Let me tell you how it happens. It happens because the devil gets in our ear when we fail. Mm. And he tells us this message, you are a failure. You can be nothing but a failure. This is who you are. Why bother trying? Why bother fighting it? Because you can't change. Just give up. And it happens to every one of us. There, there is, there is a time when the devil comes to us and says, "Look, just give up already. You've tried and tried and tried and failed and failed and failed. Just give up already." And Hosea listens. Sorry, Goma listens to that voice, and it's because she listens to that voice that she goes back to prostitution. The, the, the problem is, and, and we'll finish out this story because it's such a great story of uh, redemption. Um, but. You know, as, as, as we talk about the story, what we find is that uh, the really sad thing about prostitution is that it has a use-by date. Yeah. has an expiry. And when the expiry comes, she has no family to take care of her. Mm. She has long rejected her family. She has left her family. You know, even when the kids were small, Hosea would send the kids and say, look, go and plead with your mother to come home. And she'd be like, no, nah, I've gone too far. I've done too much damage. I'll just damage you further. You know, I'm I'm really reading between the lines here, right? Mm. But this is a story that we have seen, you know, in modern times. We have seen these kinds of reactions. We understand how humans respond. And she won't go back even to her own children. And so she comes to the point where she can no longer earn a living and she's now at the point where her only option is to sell herself and become a slave. She's going to end her days as a slave, a short, hard, miserable life. Wow. Hosea hears about it and God tells Hosea, go buy back. 
and that's exactly what he does. And you can imagine what she's thinking, okay, here is the person who she has hurt more than anyone else and he's bidding on her in the slave auction. Mm. And as he bids on her in the slave auction, let's go up and up and up and he's just like, yep, I'm refused to be outbid. Not that she's worth much because she's a worn-out prostitute, buys her for half the price of a slave. And then she becomes his legal property. And so he can... Have his revenge. He can, you know, for all the pain and suffering, there's, you know, there's all kinds of things can happen here. But what Hosea does is this. He says, look, he says, you are not to call me master. You are to call me husband. Just don't run off anymore. Let's go on a wilderness retreat somewhere. And he actually writes her a poem. He writes her a song. He writes her a love note. It's actually it's recorded in the Bible, and it's just like the most beautiful thing you've ever read. Mm. Uh, where he expresses just how much he loves her, and you know this is it. This is this is what this is God's message right here. God is speaking to His people, and God is saying to His people, "It does not matter how far you go from me. If you come back, I will take you back." Wow! Because you couldn't go more further from a relationship than what Gomer did. Yeah, like you know? in the most extreme sense. Yes, like. It's not. It's not just as if she's sort of got sick of him and left, or they've had a big fight and broken up. Hmm. She's or, had affairs, or even that she's ended up with someone else. Yes, no, that's right. Yeah, she's just gone full, full, fully back to selling her body on a daily basis. Mm. So you know, and and you can. There's other things that come into it as well because you know she was. She knew how to be a prostitute. She didn't know how to be a pastor's wife. You can understand the pressures that mm. come through here. Uh, she was the centre of attention of the entire nation. The entire nation was looking at her. The entire nation was watching her. And she doesn't know how to act. She doesn't know how to deal with that, that, that pressure. It's not familiar for her. Mm. And so you can see how you know the devil can use that to bring a, a person's life completely unravelled, and he does. And that message that God gives in the story of Hosea, that message of redemption, where God says, look, I'll buy you back. And, of course, this is a symbol of what Jesus did for us when he came to this earth and he died on Calvary, where he paid the price for our redemption. That's exactly the same message that God is giving here. He's like, look, you guys are going to go into idolatry, and when you go into idolatry, you're going to be taken captive. And then when you be taken ta- captive and you return to me, I'll, I'll redeem you. Yeah. You know? It's almost like you know being in a marriage relationship where you're married to someone. It's like I know you're going to have affairs, I know you're going to leave me, but if you decide to come back, I'll take you back. Yeah, it's crazy when you read here. It's like oh, you'll receive the blessings and the curses, <laughs> and it's like you know I don't know every every nation and every relationship goes through ups and downs and hard times. But when God is saying you'll receive the blessings and the curses, like receiving the curses is like comes from just pure rebellion as a nation. It's not like, oh, oh, like they, they made a bad, you know, the, the curse is, oh, you'll have a low crop yield because they made a bad decision on, you know, when to farm or when. No, it's like receiving the curses is being completely dispossessed as a nation as a result of full idolatry. And think about that in the context of uh, the story we've just shared of Hosea mm. and Goma. First, the first thing you notice is that she has two children while, before she leaves him. Yes. There's a period of time. He knows what's going on, mm. and he states the fact that they are not his children. So he knows what's going on this whole time, and uh, 
before she actually fully um, before she actually fully leaves him, and then when she does so, you know, she just she just goes all out. She goes all the, all the way in her rebellion, um, and yet God says, "Look, I'll, I'll take you back." Mm. And this is this is the whole story. This is the whole message of of redemption that we find here. And the other thing that's interesting about this is, you know, this is the story of in Deuteronomy of blessings and cursings. And God says, I'll bless you if you do this. I'll curse you if you do that. Mm. Some people look at that like, wow, God's pretty harsh. You know, he's just going to curse people. That, that, you know, like I choose to not have God as my best friend, so he's going to curse me. Is that mm. how it works? Mm. Did, did when Goma sinned, did she receive blessings or cursings? Um, well, she, you could say, she receives cursings. How was it that God came down and said, "I'm going to smite you"? No, no. The reason that the way that she received those cursings was she lived a horrible life, yes. a horrific life. Mm. Why did she live a horrific life? Because she made a decision to turn away from God. Mm. She had to contend with the natural consequence of unfaithfulness in a relationship. Yep, which. You know, and then the natural consequence of selling your body. Mm. You know, this is a nasty profession. It's it's not good for women. It's just you know this is abuse. Mm. Uh, this is this is this is women who you know have uh, have sold their bodies to be abused because of the desperate circumstances that they find themselves in. Yeah, this is what I love about you know when it comes to prostitution. I love about the Scandinavian model where they where they actually treat the woman as a victim. Mm. Um, and the man is a perpetrator, uh, because that's what really deals with this this whole issue. But it's a bit of a, a bit of a side point right here. The natural consequences of her decision to have affairs and then to leave Hosea and then to go back to prostitution were terrible for her. Mm. God didn't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah. In fact, God didn't do anything because, and that's the whole point. If she'd have stayed with God, God would have done a lot. Mm. But because she chose and said, I don't want God in my life, God's like, I won't force myself. Mm. God never forces himself. I won't force myself. And he didn't force himself. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so uh, text message here says, maybe Lawson can set up his own cryptocurrency from Christopher. <laughs> Dude, we should sell Faith FM NFTs, bro, <laughs> and <laughs> Faith Coin. No. Oh, that no, I can't believe that came. Out. <laughs> a prosperity gospel preacher is going to hear what I just said, and, and they're going to do, do it. You know, someone's going to Faith do it. Coin is going to become a thing, and oh, it's going to be ouch. like. Just Such a pump a and dump, like a huge, like a blow up, like, guys, get into the first cryptocurrency that's for Christians, it's going to support the mission, and then, like, it's going to, there's going to be a pre-sale for it that's only going to be available for a certain select amount of people, and then it's going to come out to, av- like, to the sale, and it's going to, stock's going to rise, and then someone's going to flood the market with Coin. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you've triggered him. We've triggered him. Christopher, you've triggered him. Okay, Brett says, thanks for that, Lyle. I finally have a better understanding of that story. Always struggled to wrap my head around oh, that so one good. completely. Praise God. Um, and Raphael says, I wonder how many nations God considers being prostitutes today mm. and still he wants wow. to redeem them. What amazing grace and amazing love. Well, I think it goes even further than nations. 
you know, because I feel like when we read about the history of Israel, we're dealing with nation versus nation, right? Because God is trying to establish a nation. Whereas right now, as we approach the end of time um, and as the gospel has gone out to the world, I feel like it's more just people. Like God is doing this mm. work in the heart of every single person. And you have, and I feel like, I feel like the Goma Hosea story, it's, it's a, an object lesson for the people, but then it's also an ob, like for the nation, yes. but it's also an object lesson for the individual. the individual today. That's right. And your relationship with God yeah. and the choice that you have, like God has given you and that you can make. And an object lesson for the church. Mm. All of that comes into it. Yeah. So many object lessons we've got right here. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 2. Please, Lawson. And in verse 2, the Bible says, If at that time you and your children return to the Lord your God, and if you obey with all your hearts and all your soul and all the commands I have given you today, then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes. He will have mercy on you and gather you back from all the nations where he has scattered you. All right, let me just find something here. Let me see if I can find this. It should be right here somewhere. Okay, let's go over to Second Chronicles. Mm. Let's go to Second Chronicles, and and this chapter is well worth reading in the light of Deuteronomy chapter thirty, because in Second Chronicles you have a prayer of Solomon. Solomon's mm. praying the dedicatory prayer to the temple for the temple, and you know he's got a lot of nice things to uh, a, a lot of nice things to say. Um, and to speak. And then you come down to verse 22. Why don't you read for us verse 22, please? Uh, in which book are we reading? Uh, Deuteronomy, uh, sorry, Second Chronicles chapter 6 is where we're going to. Second Chronicles chapter 6. As I just turn over there. Sorry, I was, I was, uh, I was preoccupied mentally. But so chapter 6 and verse 22. Yes. If someone wrongs another person and is required to take an oath of innocence in front of your altar at this temple, then hear from heaven a judge between your servants, the accuser and the accused. Pay back the guilty as they deserve. Acquit the innocent because of their innocence. Okay, so this is where this section starts. Mm. It starts with if an individual does a wrong thing Mm. and they come to this altar and they swear an oath, be just. Mm. And what happens is that Solomon starts with the individual and he works his way up as he goes through the prayer. Mm. Because this is where he starts talking about sin. Up until this point, he's been you know, praising God and blessing God and all that kind of stuff. Uh, at this point, he starts to talk about sin because the temple, which he has just built, is all about how God deals with sin. Yes. And so his prayer is going to deal with sin. So he starts with the individual in verse 22. Verse 24, sorry. Who have we got in verse 24? In verse 24, it says, If your people Israel are defeated by their enemies because they have sinned against you, and if they turn back and acknowledge your name and pray to you here in this temple, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of the people of Israel. Return them to this land you gave them and to their ancestors. And verse 26, the Bible says, When the heaven is shut up and there is no rain because they have sinned against you, Yet if they pray toward this place and confess your name and turn from their sins, Mm. when you afflict them, then hear from heaven. And this is the theme that you're going to go down through. And he's going down through, and and of course, all of these things happened Mm. in a time of Elijah. No rain, three and a half years. Uh, Verse 28, if there's a dearth in the land and there is disease, and if there is blasting or mildew or locust or caterpillars in your 
If your enemies besiege them in the cities of their land, whatsoever sore or whatsoever sickness there be, then what prayer or what supplication soever shall be made of any man or of all your people Israel, when everyone shall know mm. his own sore and his own grief, um, then hear from heaven. And let's go down to verse 32. We'll continue this down in verse 32. It says, In the future, foreigners who do not belong to the people of Israel will hear you. They will come from distant lands when they hear of your great name and your strong hand and your powerful arm. And when they pray towards this temple, then hear from heaven where you live and grant what they ask of you. It's always this, it's always this theme. It goes, mm. if this happens, then hear from heaven. If this mm. happens, then hear from heaven. Mm. Verse 34. In verse 34, it says, If your people go out where you send them to fight their enemies, and if they pray to you by turning towards the city you have chosen toward this temple I have built to honor your name, then hear their prayers from heaven and uphold their cause. Absolutely. Now, in verse in verse 30, let me see here, verse 35, you get this interesting section. It says, uh, verse 36, sorry, If they sin against you, for well, there is no man who sins not, and 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 you are angry with them, and deliver them over to their enemies, and they carry them away captive into a land far or near. Mm. And so this is where it starts to line up with Deuteronomy, um, the land far or near. Yet if they bethink themselves in the land where they are carried captive, and turn and pray unto you in the land of mm. their captiv- captivity, saying, We have sinned, and we have done amiss, and we have dealt wickedly. If they return to you with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their captivity, where they have been carried captives and pray toward their land and toward the house which you gave to their fathers and toward the city which you have chosen and toward the house which I have built for your name, then hear their prayer from heaven. Mm. And this is where he quotes from Deuteronomy and he quotes it in his prayer and this is the experience they had and God redeemed them. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. It is now time for... Question of the day. All right. Our question of the day is, which God did Moses speak to on the mountain? Uh, the only God. Yes. There is only one God. Uh-huh. Just one. And the Bible says that in like a gazillion places. And so because there's only one God, then the God that Moses spoke to was the real, true, living God Yahweh. Now, what I suspect that this person is asking is not so much which God, but which member of the Godhead. Mm. Because there is one God made of three persons. And that's what the Bible outlines for us in the clearest possible language. And, you know, as human beings, we look at this, you know, from our finite perspective and go, oh, you know, how can that be? You know, how can you have three that are one? Well, it's illustrated. The Bible tells us exactly how you can have more than one. That is actually one. And we can read that over in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 24. Very simple verse right here. The Bible says, Therefore shall a man, so there's one person, leave his father and mother and shall cling to his wife. There's two. And those two shall be one flesh. Mm. So a husband and wife, the Bible says, are one. So it's not so hard for us to understand how we have one God that is made up of three persons, 
the Godhead. The Bible explains that for us in the clearest possible language. Okay, so then the real question is not so much which God was it, because we know that it was Yahweh that was in the mountain. We know that it was Yahweh that gave us the Ten Commandments. And we know that both uh, Jesus and the Father are both called Yahweh. In fact, if we go over to the book of Genesis, we can read that. Let me just flick over there very quickly. Uh, where we see here Genesis chapter 19 in verse 24, where the Bible says, Then Yahweh rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Yahweh of heaven. My KJV puts the word Lord in there, but it's the Lord word Lord with uh, capital L, um, all the other uh, letters in a smaller capital, which means Yahweh. So you've got Yahweh on earth, the Bible says, who rains fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah from Yahweh in heaven. Mm. Okay, so you know, look at this particular passage. Both Jesus and the Father are called Yahweh. So uh, which one of the two was on the mountain? We know that Yahweh was on the mountain. We know that Yahweh was in the cloud. And if we go over to First uh, Corinthians, we have an indication over here that it was Jesus who was there in the cloud. And that, that makes sense to us because Jesus is the member of the Godhead that, 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 uh, that interacts with humanity. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, um, and we read about it here beginning in verse 1. So 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I would not have that you should be ignorant how that all of our fathers were under the cloud and passed through the sea, and all were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual drink, and they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. And so the indication here is that these are all symbols of Jesus Christ, you know, the cloud, the sea, the rock, etc., being symbols of Jesus Christ. And we understand that today because, you know, Jesus uses all of those symbols to symbolize himself. But then finally we come to what Jesus actually says about the commandments. And you have that famous passage, for instance, in uh, John chapter 14 and verse 15, where Jesus says, if you love me, do what? Keep my commandments. So he claims the commandments as his own. He says, these are my commandments. Why does he claim that, that they are my commandments? Because it was Jesus who was on the mountain. It was Jesus who spoke the commandments to the children of Israel. Some people try and say that, you know, Jesus changed the commandments or he gave us a new commandment or he did away with the commandments or whatever. Jesus was the one who gave them in the first place. Mm. He is, He is, you know, Lord of the commandments, the Bible says. These belong to him, and that's uh, that's which member of the Godhead it was that gave the commandments there on Mount Sinai. So don't forget to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, because when you do so, you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. God be with you till we meet again. By his counsel's guide. The sheep securely fold you. God be with you till we meet again. Until we meet again at Jesus' feet. Again. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.